Welcome to I Got Back Up. I'm Talia Lazarus, creator of I Got Back Up. And in August 2021, I was in a road accident. I didn't walk for 10 weeks. I had knee surgery that September and a second double knee surgery in February 22. My journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. We don't realize how much we take for granted until it is all taken away. The day I was able to get a glass of water all by myself was one of those little moments in life. Everyone has a story, and as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up or how something happened, but we don't discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have a chance to change your story, your outcome, your next chapter. You can face all your hurdles, obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We recover together. Today we discuss combating and overcoming living with mental health and chronic illnesses. Diagnosed with lupus at 12, fibromyalgia at 15 and hypermobility spectrum disorders, Annie has found little pockets of happiness to rely on and knows she is more than capable. So today we have Annie. Um, my cousin introduced us. Her name is Yasmin, also known as the Climb to Healthy. So she introduced both of us via Instagram and um, it was actually a really great introduction um, because I've had a great time talking to you already and I'm going to have a great time talking to you today. So how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Whenever you're ready, the floor's over to you. Okay. So a bit about me. Um, I was diagnosed with SLE lupus when I was 12 years old and then later when 15 or 16 diagnosed with fibromyalgia um, and somewhere along the line, I forget what date exactly, I also picked up hypermobility spectrum disorder. Um, so I've got a nice little collection, just a small one, nice little collection of um autoimmune diseases and chronic pain and fatigue diseases that have essentially led me to be a fairly young disabled person. Um, I started out when I was like really young, um, talking six, seven, maybe even eight, being, being like a fairly active kid. I liked climbing trees. I liked playing outside and going in the fields. I, didn't, I wasn't these I mean, I wasn't the generation for it, but I wasn't a gamer kid on the PlayStation or anything like that. I liked being outside all the time. Um, my mum used to take me hiking. We used to go to YHA youth hostels and stuff like that. It was I wasn't not okay with the outdoors. I was, you know, quite confident in the outdoors, even learning to read maps, stuff like that. But progressively, as my health got worse and... Um, the options for treatment weren't as good at that point. I just slowly had to drop out of things and stop doing things. And I didn't want to go out and play as much when I was younger. You was finding me, you know, 10, 11 years old, struggling to get out of bed past one o'clock. Um, and at the time, I didn't know that was abnormal. My friends would knock on the door and say, oh, you know, it was Annie coming out to play. And it would be like, oh, no, she's still in bed. They'd come back an hour or two later, I'd still be in bed. They'd keep knocking on the door until eventually I emerged. Um, and it just got worse. I started having to drop out of school. 
um, and be homeschooled, all sorts of things just sort of slowly meant I was less and less outside and more, you know, just in the house or in a hospital or nowhere in particular fun. Um, and I think that's where I really started to become introverted and um, almost afraid of going outside on the basis that if I did, it would make my pain worse, it would make me more tired. Occasionally I brave things like college when I was 17. Um, I had to drop out of that because again, going to the college campus, going up the stairs, doing all of that and not having any kind of institutional support for that meant I just felt worse and it put me off again. It was just one thing after another of me being put off, going outside, doing things, living my life, being confident outside and I went from this like outgoing, enjoyed education, um, liked to be outside and do things, get my hands dirty to a very scared inside person with plenty of mental health issues that come with that <laughs> um, and, and not in a good place. Um, I think a lot of people now that I've started to be vocal now about my disability see me as maybe a bit confident about my person, myself and my health. Maybe think that I'm in a good place, I'm cheerful and happy and they'd be right, I am now. Um, but prior to this sort of stage of my life haunts me from, you know, it will forever. <laughs> the point of getting here was hitting rock bottom and by rock bottom I mean I wasn't eating food because I couldn't keep any down. Um, I was on these Complan drinks and um, 40 sip drinks to try and just give me nutrients um, at such a young age and I didn't want to take my medication anymore because it used to make me feel sick and throw up. Um, I was on low dose chemotherapy and that just it did great for my lupus. It suppressed my immune system, it made my symptoms really great, my pain wasn't that bad but I was also sick all the time or nauseous all the time. Steroids, I used to have intravenous steroids. Again, it you had a period where it was really good, but just after I'd had the intravenous steroids, I was bedridden um, with a bucket next to the side of my bed. Um, I'd have to stay at my grandma's when my mum was at work. Um, and then I'd have like four weeks of good period and then a crash afterwards. And it was just, a, it was a progressive basis of me learning that nothing everything has a punch, everything has a kick, everything hurts, everything doesn't go right, anything I do or try to progress on just doesn't work and isn't working and I felt let down by health professionals, I felt let down by the education system, I felt let down by everything outside in a world that wasn't built to protect me. The idea of being young with lupus was a fairly, it wasn't abnormal, it was just not very... <sighs> It was, it, it's rare to have lupus, it's even rarer to have lupus at a young age. And there's no sort of support there for growing up with a health condition, for growing up in pain, wondering why you're sleepy, how do you get through education, how do you get a job, how do you establish a career, how do you do all of that? There's no support for that. 
any support groups you went to were all with 40, 50 year old women who'd already had their kids, already had their career. And it's horrible that they had to suddenly lose that, but you know, they'd already built the foundation. So you go into a dark place where you feel alone. You feel like nobody understands. You feel like you're one of a kind. Um, and there was some usage of sorry my dog's just yeah (laughs) um i got very depressed i was in the healthcare system way before i was even diagnosed with lupus from 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 10 i was in the mental health system i was originally actually diagnosed with depression which is a symptom of lupus and fibromyalgia um and everybody just thought that everything that was wrong with me was because of that at that point um It, it wasn't, I didn't leave until I was 18, 19, this, this progressive health, uh, mental health system. And again, felt let down by that because they're not prepared for people who are chronically ill and young. When you go to CAMS, it's they're, they're strained enough as it is. So when you go to this counsellor and they say, okay, tell me about your problems. And you say, okay, so I'm really sick. My medication makes me throw up, hurt everywhere. I can't remember what I did the next day. And that's frustrating to people. And they're like, yeah, no, that's really hard. <laughs> and there's not really anything they feel they can say back to that. And you're just like, yeah, I know, tell me about it. Um, this, this whole period of my childhood was a recovery in a sense because I was learning my way around things, but it did lead to a point where curtains were closed permanently. It was unwashed for weeks. Um, I was so thin and frail and I'd lost so much muscle that even if I wanted to do anything, it hurt so much. And there was nothing there to to teach you that how to get stronger in a chronically ill way, in a way that supports fatigue and doesn't trigger a flare up and do all of these things. You're all on your own on this basis. I think I've, you know, I've rambled on about that so much, but I cannot emphasise how dark a place that is and how that leads to so much abuse to your own body because you've got no other option than to just, yeah, um, be in a horrible, horrible place. So part of my recovery was mental health recovery. I think that was like my first step into getting back up. Um, I'd lost my granddad. Um, he'd passed away from Alzheimer's and other things. And he was adventurous. Um, I've got a newspaper article of him because he crossed the Sahara Desert on his own in a fit um, from Nigeria to get back home here because the country was having some issues at the time. Um, and that, that's like, you know, he, he was a very adventurous person. He built his own boat out of office furniture and went floating about in the Nigerian rivers and stuff like that. He was a very, he was a bit mad, to be honest. But he lived <laughs> his life to the fullest every time. If he wanted something, he'd go out and do it. Within reason, never wanted to hurt a person, never wanted to take things from anybody else. He just wanted 
excitement and the best for his family. Um, and when he passed, I kind of just felt like I wanted to be like that. I was sick of being, like, he would be ashamed if he knew me at that point and knew that I was unemployed. I was ill and in pain all the time. I was depressed. I was doing things that I shouldn't be doing um, that aren't good for my health. Um, he wouldn't be happy with that person and I wasn't happy with that person. I, so I just, I didn't want to be like that anymore. I wanted to be stronger. So I went to a therapist, a private one, one I knew um, who did understand me, who helped me actually get discharged from the child mental health services. And it took a little bit, it took money. I think that's the key to my recovery at this point, that there was a hell of a lot of privilege in the fact that I could afford to get back off. <laughs> Um, and that kick-started everything for me. When I when I sort of had this realisation that I can say no to obligations I don't feel I can handle. I can be myself and if other people don't like that, that's okay. I know that sounds like basic stuff, but when you're in a hole, that's a hard thing to, to get your head round. And... Um, you know, doing things that therapists do, she worked in magic in a very good way. And it did make the change for me. Um, after that, I started wanting to become stronger. So I was just using an app at home, doing bodyweight exercises. And it wasn't always great. I did have to sort of learn that I can't do it five days a week. And, you know, mm. it was a lot of touch and go. But then the strength started to come. Um, and I just kept pushing barriers, like going away on a holiday to Barcelona with friends, which ordinarily would be a horrifying situation for me because I would feel like I'd have to keep up with these able-bodied, non-disabled, non-chronically ill people. Um, and then potentially also explain, hi, no, I actually hurt, so I can't do that. Um, it was a city break. It wasn't, you know, some kind of lounging around resort thing. So it was going to be packed, filled with everything. And that was sort of the start of me implementing mental health things of setting my boundaries when i did hurt when my ankle swelled up so much and the inflammation kicked off badly i said right i'm just going to stay home i don't feel very well i'm going to stay back at the apartment that we rented um when we were out walking around the place and i was starting to get tired i was like okay i'm going to go find one of those street cafes sit down and have a cup of tea or something um setting those boundaries meant i could enjoy the entire thing happily have my own and fantastic experience of the of the time and not push myself and that was revolutionary to me like I don't have to keep up with other people I can say no I hurt and then leave it there and they might feel a bit awkward about it at the beginning they might be unsure of what it is or why it is to begin with but does that really matter does it really matter if somebody feels a little bit awkward for five seconds or ten because you're feeling a little unwell and you just want to go off and have your own space it really doesn't make a difference um And it grew from that. It wasn't plain sailing. There were flare-ups with fibro. There were crying in my GP's office, begging for some kind of pain relief. There was still depression. There was still the struggle that I still had chronic health issues. I mean, okay, I dealt with my mental health, but the pain is still there. 
problem is still there. Um, the reality is most of the places I went to, rheumatology departments, other, they were a bit gaslighty, is the only way I can put it. There was a lot of, you know, you do know you have to deal with some level of pain, which at that point you feel like <laughs> throwing your shoe down and saying, do you understand that I'm already dealing with a certain level of pain? Um, mm -hmm. Especially as at one point I was overweight, the consideration was you'd feel a lot less pain if you were thinner, which my argument was I was underweight and I was in a lot of pain. I was healthy weight and I was in a lot of pain. It's never changed in my transition of weight. It makes no blooming difference to me at that point. Um, so I asked to go to, I, I was fortunate enough to say, you know, kick off a stink and say, look, I think I'm having a fibro, a lupus flare up. I'm not currently attached to any rheumatology department. I want to be transferred to London Clinic, which because I live in Derby is two hours away on the train. Um, mm -hmm. The London Clinic is one of these specialised lupus clinics. It is the best in the country. It has the best doctor in the country. Um, I had no other option. I'd done Birmingham. I'd done nottingham i've done somewhere else but i can't remember um and all of them were the basis of just giving me the bare minimum of medication because i couldn't tolerate some of the higher stuff because it made me sick and it was just the case of well you know we have people in here that are much worse than you but when i went to london it was revolutionary and again it's that privilege i could pay for the train ticket which is expensive like on a Disabled rail card, I think it was like £97 return. That's a lot of money to fork out. That is a lot of money. Like, I, I think on PIP benefits, I get about 300 quid a month. That's almost like a third of my money. You know, yeah. if you're unemployed and that's what you're relying on, that is a lot of money to fork out for a hospital appointment. You don't get reimbursement for that. Um, but it was worth it because she understood she understood where I was coming from emotionally, why I needed that support, why I needed that re reaffirming sort of help. And she offered me these medications I'd never tried before, I'd never heard of before, but it turns out they're quite normal medications to be given to people who are have fibromyalgia or lupus. So it was really bizarre that I'd never been offered it. And goes back to that sort of medical gaslighting of not believing you, thinking you're being over the top, not thinking it's serious enough. And she, put me on these things for my fibromyalgia um i i've been able to sleep and and be touched and hugged previously like the idea of just like when i would be with my partner he would put his hand on my side or something for a hug and i would i would itch it would burn it would hurt it would be horrible um and I just thought I wasn't a cuddly person. I just thought I felt uncomfortable all the time. It was gross and I hated it because it's just so uncomfortable. How can anybody like this? Um, it turns out I am quite a cuddly person. I do like... <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's amazing what pain you can tolerate and you think is just ordinary. Um, and, and when that's removed, it's amazing the type of person you can become. And the person that's been mm. hidden underneath you all of this time. Um... 
and as these things got lifted with paying for mental health therapy with paying for going to london and stuff like that a privilege literally i it it lifted those barriers so that i could start being more outgoing more excited more outdoorsy um I stopped thinking that my only way to live was inside. I think I think I'd I'd had like a really bad week with pain and I my 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 mentality just went, well, you know, screw it. I am always in pain, no matter how little I move or how good and perfect I am with my energy basis. So sod it. I'm going off for a walk. I'm going to go climb the hill. I'm going to go and do heavy duty things that will make me hurt because I hurt anyway. And it was great fun. I had a great time. I went for a hike. I had smiled for the first time, like genuinely big smile in a photo that was taken at the top of this tiny hill in relative to what I do now. But um, (laughs) the most genuine smile I've ever seen. Like to this day, that picture makes me so happy because I feel the joy I had. I felt like I was on top of the world. And I'd say that was my recovery. Like I, this this realization after all of these heavy things had been lifted off me that I'm not the person I thought I was. I'm not this introverted, depressed, cynical, um, lazy person. Um, I had like I, it just ignited this newfound interest in adventure again like my granddad which you know i live for going out and just finding new places to climb new places to hike i love hiking going wild swimming i went wild swimming because i had a lupus flower it wasn't really an interest before i thought it was a bit weird um and didn't like the idea of swimming in lakes that i couldn't see the bottom of and stuff like that <laughs> I had a lupus flower um then that knocked me for six. That was a really bad flare-up that I've, I've literally only just sort of come out of a few months ago. Um, I couldn't hike because of it. I was in so much pain, so I couldn't do anything. So I went for a swim. It was the only other, other thing I could do at this um, spot in Dorset. I couldn't do the hike that I planned to do, so I just went for the swim. And that ignited another thing, you know, that just sort of ability to go and do things and it doesn't have to be exertion and finding ways to be outdoors to be in nature to do things I love it doesn't even have to be outdoors but to do things I love in a way that's suiting to my health my lifestyle my adaptations that's why I like climbing you can go up for one climb and then sit very social thing as well you can just sit and watch other people climb you know spray a load of beta out and like annoy everybody <laughs> and <laughs> I can talk occasionally it's great <laughs> like you can rest for ages it's so adaptable um hiking I mean when you get past the idea that you have to consistently walk at like 2.5 kilometers an hour up a hill <laughs> and the fact that you can just sit every 10 minutes you know that's a great thing when you can do it in a way that suits you that suits mm. your body and that suits your disability and you create these boundaries that's my recovery. My recovery is knowing that I do have a limit and sticking to it and working with it, not against it, not feeling like it's against me. Yeah. And yeah. 
that's it really <laughs> so you you do a lot of outdoors now yeah. don't you I say a lot of outdoors because that's kind of what's the term I'm gonna say you do a lot I of do, outdoors do. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah I do a lot of outdoors <laughs> yes I do a lot of outdoors nowadays um I do yeah not as much as I'd like um over the summer but I don't deal with hot weather very well so um but yeah I sort of my weekend activity I have to be walked I have I get itchy when I don't get to go outside like I'm very reliant on other people being able to take me to places I live in a city the public transport to our Peak District National Park isn't great here um it actually is non-existent (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so I'm very reliant on my husband being here to be able to drive me um to outdoor places he goes to football matches he has shifts so I have to sort of work around Mm -hmm. these things and I don't like having to be dependent on that but it works um I could never drive to the Peak District for like a hike or a climb and then drive back even if I could drive I can't but there was no Mm -hmm. way I'd have the energy to do that extra thing Mm -hmm. so having that dependency is annoying but it's like a thing I have to fit in every week. I've got my schedule out. When When's your next football match? When are you doing overtime? You know, no, you can't go to that match. I need to be walked. <laughs> like like a, like a puppy almost, like demanding, <laughs> I need to go outside, holding my lead at the door, like, please take me somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love the outdoors. I love it yeah no and what i really liked as well is actually um it's one of those kind of not one door closes another door opens but when you were saying you know you couldn't obviously hike for a time and you didn't like to swim before you didn't want to swim but because you couldn't do something that you you enjoy doing and you like doing you thought actually i'm gonna try something new it's almost like not that you were forced but you know, you actually came out of your comfort zone and which is a huge thing to do to step out of your comfort zone and think, you know what, I can't do this, what I love to do at the moment. So what am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and wait and, you know, maybe be upset or something? Or am I going to just try something new and you tried something new? (laughs) I think that's like my biggest amazement when I look back because breaking my comfort zone was a no-no. Like I used to get afraid when I was, you know, before we'd go for family meals even to like Pizza Hut, I couldn't. I was afraid. I'd cancel yeah. every time. I'd cancel on dates every time, last minute, because I just was so afraid that I didn't feel well already. So I was going to feel worse when I was there, and I was going to feel even worse when I get back, you know? That yeah. fear of pain is, is scary. It's like nobody does things knowing they're going to get hurt, knowing they're going to hurt comfortably. It's literally against human instinct. So pushing yeah. boundaries for me was like a massive hurdle and I'm it's just like my favorite thing about me right now like it's such a brag but it's like a favorite thing for me to be able to say like I try new things <laughs> because yeah. it's so cool and it is great I think that circumstances like um climbing came about because of mental health uh, because of physical health as well I did it because yeah. Yaz your cousin um said mm-hmm. that it really kept her EDS in check for a while and I was thinking okay mm-hmm. her muscles became stronger in places that you wouldn't normally use and kept joints in and I sublock sometimes I injure myself a lot I could really do with that strength that's how I started climbing and I love it it's not even for that anymore 
So everything yeah. I think I do has linked into my health, which is kind of a beautiful thing when that was the thing that limited me before. Yeah. It's uh, just to bring it up, her up again. It's funny because she got both of us introduced into climbing and we both fell in love with climbing. So <laughs> she's a bit of a pusher, that one. She's 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 a climbing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's highly yeah. addictive and I blame her entirely for the increase in like having to buy shoes and paying to go to the bouldering walls and stuff like that. It's all her fault. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's it's not the cheapest of sports. It's None not. Of them are. I think I think actually swimming is probably the cheapest because all you have to do is buy like an Asda swimming costume. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the easiest one you can get. No, I bought a dry robe. You do. You just get sucked in with things. It's just all expensive. <laughs> you do. You get sucked in, and then you get like emails from like North Face, or you get and you see there's a deal, and you're like, oh, what can I buy that I don't need? But what? Oh, I'm going to get this 50% off fleece because I might need it next winter in the wall. I might. (laughs) I'm desperate to get like a multitude of Patagonia fleeces just because I want Patagonia fleeces. I don't need any more fleeces. Like 90% of my things is jumpers and fleeces. But I need them. (laughs) No. No, I, I, uh, a trick I found was I noticed sometimes I could fit into, um, boys, extra like extra extra large yeah but i mean but like their fleeces like they're like jackets and things like that and um it was like the best hack that i discovered for myself that i could get into because obviously you know i'm just gonna say the price (laughs) and i was getting a couple of you know boys extra extra large clothes in and from it was all my outdoor stuff and it was great yeah (laughs) i think that's the other thing about outdoor it's so weird that i associate like outdoor clothes with confidence like I, when I put on outdoor clothing, I'm like, yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm good. I'm the best, you know, kind of thing. I'm ready for the world. It's not the same when I pop my skinny jeans on and like my work top. It's just, you don't get that <laughs> vibe. You just like, yeah, it just gives you so much more confidence when I put those kind of things on. Like my hiking boots, it's like, yes, I'm an adventurer. <laughs> but, um, they are expensive. And again, well, that's you know i'd say i can i don't say it enough but i think a lot of people think you can go through recovery and all of these things and getting outdoors through grit and sheer determination and willpower and it's not it's money because there's just not the infrastructure or care there for most people to get there through the public health services through the, the, the things that are available for free not quickly and not that would take sheer grit and determination um yeah it's quite a privilege i think yeah no i I know it 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 is and some of those sports definitely but then there are some of the sports like hiking obviously yes you know a pair of hiking boots you know the, the good ones aren't always the cheapest but you know even just having something like that and being able to walk in the outdoors. There is something about the outdoors that, because I love, I'm in love with the outdoors. um, And there is something about the outdoors that is just so therapeutic beyond belief. Absolutely. I think I remember going to Kinder Scout and me and my friend were wearing like hiking boots and gear and slipping around in this sludge. And people were very comfortably walking around in their like white trainers um, and we're coming back down from Kinder Scout, and I was like, okay, you do you, yeah. you've done your hike in your <laughs> night trainers, and you know, good for you. 
if you can do it, and I don't think anybody should be limited by gear, but it is expensive. Um, <laughs> especially when you have things that you need for like things like hiking poles, a bit more expensive than you'd think, and things like people like Yaz and probably myself at this point need it for like that proprioception, stop ourselves from falling and breaking our ankle, essentially, not breaking, but hurting our ankles because it happens more often to us than it would others. Um, there's little costs in it that come when you're disabled. I mean, they say that um, disability increases your wage or your cost of living by so much percentage. I couldn't remember the exact numbers. And that's definitely true when you think about adaptive sports and um, in the outdoors, I think. It does, does come with an increased cost that I don't think everybody always appreciates. Yeah, no, but it's it's... It's definitely, I think, finding the right um, the right hobby or the right sport. And you know what? Even if it's not sport, the right music or the right, you know, art, anything, the right anything. And you, like you said, it was not, you didn't say trial and error, but it was figuring out, you know, I think when you said you went to the gym and it was figuring out how many days a week you could do something. And it, it is just figuring out different things that, make you happy or make you feel okay or just make you feel absolutely Um, i think movement is a big part of it so you could have like your youtube and do some yoga it's all free pilates oh goodness i tried the pilates on youtube and it's it's a workout and a half so that's definitely like (laughs) goals i think for people and some people really love that reading is a massive thing for me um and you can Mm -hmm. pick up charity shop books for a quid which are great most of my books are charity shop books there's things that aren't outdoor related that you can find that when you make it your own way and you do it your own way and you found sort of yourself in that, it's great. It's a great little pocket of happiness that you can just rely on um, to remind you that you are capable and you're not this lump of of injury or pain or illness. You know, you, you are capable. It's nice. Yeah. And it's, it's again, like you said before, um, once you kind of got through the barriers or it's, you know, whether it's a physical or it's mental or emotional, whatever your barrier is, it's once you realize kind of on the point you just said, once you do realize that it doesn't, it's not just defining you completely and that, you know, once you start to break through them and whether it's therapy or however you do start to deal with it or kind of get through it, you some this new different person that was always deep yeah. down inside can come out. Yeah. I mean, if you ask anybody what I was like, college times, I was a very grumpy person. I was very antisocial. Like I would be the person sat on the side giving evils to the other members of my <laughs> classmates, wondering why they hated me. <laughs> and feeling completely aggrieved by the entire thing. And that's not what I'm like now like I'm meeting new people I'm speaking to new people it's amazing this little person that's inside of you that you can just if you can just open it up a bit you can become this whole person that's positive outgoing or just whatever makes your life you like what makes you happy with you I couldn't tell you five years ago that I was happy with me maybe even four years ago that I was happy with me I did not like me at all was not the person I wanted to be. I didn't even really fully see a light out of it. Now I like me. I love my life. I love the the way I am now. And if I just stayed like this forever, 
that would be great. Even if I had a flare up and went back down, which happens, you know, I know this is capable, I know this is me, I can get there. You know, it's, it's, I've done it once before, I can come back to this place now. I think like, um, I had this appointment, my last appointment in London, and this is another reason, like, honestly, the, the mental support you get from this clinic is game changer. And um, she'd said to me, I'd, I'd hit baseline as far as she's concerned, not remission, but the idea that this is as good as it's going to get for me. It sounds so depressing, but when you hit that point, it's actually quite nice because you've done everything. You've grown as much as you can. Your medication is not going to change. Um, and if you're happy with that baseline, which I was at the time, it's great. Um, so she was like, yeah, you're on annual review which is a goal like it's a it's a it's a um it's an achievement unlock type thing um so she said that flare-ups will happen like this state isn't permanent the thing you need to remember is that you got yourself here you got yourself to this point you can do it again and it's gonna be rubbish if, it, if you have to do it but you can do it you're you know you've got yourself here and that is like the key if you have a relapse or anything like that i know that i can get myself back here probably <laughs> yeah and that's huge strength to be able to know that you can but i think that's with anyone that every day they're doing tiny little things or gestures that sometimes they don't even realize they're doing and they are you know getting up every day and continuing on with something is still strength to that you're still yeah, going exactly it's i don't think i was weak before when i wasn't well and when i wasn't when i was giving in essentially to the idea that i was just never gonna have a good life never gonna have a job or anything like that and this mentality i wasn't weak then i was incredibly strong because i endured i did endure it and then eventually pull myself out of it and even if I didn't I was still a strong person then um I do kind of hate the mentality that we have to be strong because I really don't want to be do you know what I mean it's not a, it's not a, a a quality that I particularly want in myself because I'd quite like things to just be just be um mm-hmm. I don't want to have to endure but people do and that's especially with mental health um and i don't i don't i don't really touch on this enough my physical health is is hard it is predominantly monitored once you got the good combo of healthcare the key was unlocked and that with a good doctor is quite quick um in relative terms mental health that sort of side of overcoming that you know coming back from that is probably one of the hardest things i've ever had to do and something i'm always to be honest still afraid that i will go back into like if i'm i'm not afraid that i'm going to be have another flare because it's probably going to happen i'm afraid mm-hmm. that i'll become that really sad scared mm-hmm. person again like that is the person that is the thing i'm afraid of and that is to have to go through that kind of thing lots of people do it so much worse and still doing it and still working and doing more than that that is strength that is immense the ability to just open your eyes in the day and go okay and then carry on like that is just cool i think that some people do that 
and I don't think people over you know realize when we're talking about physical things when people have injuries from what I've spoken to when people have injuries when people have disabilities and chronic illnesses the mental health is always the hardest and most enduring thing to get back from to get to that high point of you know I don't you read articles and things about people overcoming their disabilities or their injuries their spinal cord injuries and stuff like that and they climbed a mountain and that's amazing that they did but sometimes those don't touch on the 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 reality that that person that mental space to get there that is the biggest uphill challenge that's the biggest thing to deal with um yeah i don't think people appreciate the mental health side of things enough in disability and chronic illness and injury mm -hmm. and that with what you just touched on is what you're here today and what i'm here today and what this is for it is to touch on the mental health side of things and you know with with regards to recovery um, because you're right, people don't, it's a taboo subject, people don't want to talk about it, they don't like to talk about it. Um, everyone has a story, everyone in their own way, you know, I'm not saying everyone's got some X, Y, Z, but everyone has their own story in their own way. And yeah, people don't like to kind of say, you know, yes, I've had an injury and people say, oh, you know, how was your recovery? Yeah, it was good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, oh, you back to the gym, or you back to the... and they always talk about the physical side, but you never hear someone go, "How many times did not that they're gonna say this?" But like, but it's it's they don't say like, "How did you feel in yourself?" You know, were there times when you did feel alone, and how often were you crying? And I know they're not questions that you, I you know, you wouldn't phrase exactly like that, but they're kind of similar. That sort of things that people don't ask. They don't ask you about necessarily what was going on inside your head and your emotions and your mental health they ask you a lot of the time about um are you running again or are you you know jumping again <laughs> yeah um, i think a lot of recovery can be measured by that i deal with um stroke survivors and some of the biggest issues that they come they, they they'll have physical changes to the way that they are cognitive issues but mental health is such a massive part in even their recovery because your whole life's been flipped up upside down in one way or another um you don't when you have an injury like yourself you, you say or when you get diagnosed with a health condition or anything like that they don't give you like a, a, a therapist they don't say right okay and this may impact your mental health in this way this way or this way there's no real acknowledgement of how much that can impact it's just like kind of this unspoken truth that people who have gone through that phase of not being able to walk who have gone through that phase of not being able to stay awake for more than a few hours a day that have gone through all of those phases in their life for whatever the cause is um there's just like this unspoken thing that we know we probably hate you know like that that impact was horrible but it's not discussed outside of that little community bubble and i'm, I'm really glad that you are to be honest oh, thank you <laughs> um but yeah it's uh it is it's 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 one of those things where you it, not to say it exactly like this but it's like you don't get it until you you kind of go through it in a way um 
but that's the thing like this is you know what this is it's it's any sort of journey any sort of recovery any sort of story and everyone even in a completely different ways can relate even to the smallest of details um you know there are times when during my recovery i'd feel very alone and it's just you know until you spoke to people that had been through it as well they also to hear other people felt so alone as well which just kind of made you think wow where was yeah. everyone <laughs> you know where, why what you know you feel so alone but then so did everyone else that's gone through something yeah. feel so alone it's such an important and... thing that people find that community after they've got that <laughs> yeah. i found it after when i started to do all of this i started to find it after when i started to feel less alone i started to find it um it, it's a it's yeah it's just such a bizarre way i don't think anybody mm. can understand sort of how alone you feel at that point because everybody thinks okay yeah you feel alone maybe they're going on themselves and stuff like that and i think they look at you with pity but don't fully understand like why you feel alone in that way and why it is so hard um when people say oh you know i hope you get well soon and things like that and you're thinking it's not going to be soon <laughs> um finding the community online like finding people like us finding people like loads of people loads of people online especially that are in like the little niche of the outdoor active community even not even outdoor just you know base i found gym goers with ms and it's just like yes you do you <laughs> finding that kind of community is really so like it, i think that is a big part of recovery as well i'd say i definitely came out of my shell a lot more and found acceptance in myself um a lot more because of that i just i don't know about you but i had like this kind of taboo feeling about saying i'm disabled i am unable i would mask it i would not like to use my blue badge at all ever i would really mm -hmm. find it like an uncomfortable label on me and i would not really like myself because of this aspect i think i was less than or a burden or now, all of the typical internalised ableism that people carry. Finding that community, like, threw a blooming wrecking ball at that kind of wall. And it was like, you know, you are cool. You are amazing. Um, there's, like, this whole thing where it seems chronic ill people who are younger, it's sort of called non-chronically ill people muggles. And I live for it. <laughs> it's a thing i didn't know it was a thing multiple people do it and it's so cool yaz did it the other day she was like i've got a muggle illness um, <laughs> was feeling very well. it was like it's just it's such a cool i did see that i saw that she wrote a muggle yeah, illness <laughs> it was yeah it's just it's like a thing that people do and it's just such a cool community that you can find everybody's gone through that phase phases that you've gone through in your life alone and you're it just it does add to that little bit of recovery of keeping you there and keeping you feeling on top of yourself yeah sorry my dog's been really <laughs> it's fine that's just what happens when you do things like this over um cameras and things there's, there's animals everywhere yeah. <laughs> um but i was gonna say what i was gonna say was um just touching on that alone feeling it is you no one knows i guess why 
but I was thinking about it just now is it, you know, this is what I'm thinking. You know, one of the reasons is because whatever happens, you know, to, to you or the, as a person, because it's suddenly so different and it can be so isolating and it can be, you know, you can have all your independence taken away from you. You can be someone before and then one day wake up and something completely different. And it's, I think that also can just impact on why you can feel so alone because it's, you thought you had everything going one way and then it's just. I don't know what that feels like because I've always been chronically ill for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But I've always said, and people always look at me a bit funny when I say this, because I say I've got it from so like, oh my God, that must've been so hard. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you know, I've met people like yourself that have had it and you've, you've got your whole life planned you you you're really on the ball everything's there and suddenly something changes and it's just it you've got to learn an entire new thing and that to me i couldn't imagine that like that is <laughs> that is just heartbreaking to have that kind of rip away effect and um no <laughs> The, 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 just just for anyone that doesn't see the video the dog appeared yeah. like that. <laughs> he's just being a bit needy he's not even normally like this he ignores me <laughs> for most of the day and then now he's suddenly like yeah anyway um <laughs> I, I genuinely i i really do empathize with how hard that must have been i can only imagine sort of on a basis of when i get a flare-up and it kicks me to the curb like one day i'm not great but i'm doing all right and the next day i'm sleeping for like 72 hours struggling to stay awake to eat food and stuff like that that's you know yeah. that's a thing but you do kind of get used to it because it kind of happens you don't get used to it yeah you, it's not as scary i imagine it's gonna be so scary mm -hmm. for some people just waking up and and suddenly everything's different for you and having to learn how the world works with it being different and i think that's what made me feel alone yeah. um i nobody explained to me that things would be different for me and that school would be harder for me and that yeah. i needed these additional supports and i need to go ask for them because nobody was going to give them if you don't so i felt very alone in that sense that nobody else seemed to be struggling with the things i struggled as i was growing up Everybody has a way of feeling alone, but I think it's something that does unite everybody in general anyway, because we've all gone through a feeling of you feel alone and the people around you just do not understand. Yeah, it's exactly, it. it's spot on. It's, you feel alone for a completely different reason and for whatever it is, it, it can just make you feel that way and you can never explain it, but for a different way it's a different thing mm. for everyone so if you had any advice to give to somebody um going through kind of a similar uh you know scenario to you a similar story and journey what would you say oh so many things um Hang on a minute. <laughs> um, I literally can't even depict that off my head. Um, I think probably, I mean, uh, multiple things. One, don't be afraid of therapy. Like, not enough people appreciate that probably most people, in my opinion, will benefit from therapy of some kind. Um don't i think the biggest thing is don't be 
so hard on yourself and that sounds so easy to say but like I, it was my worst treat to constantly belittle myself and compare myself to able-bodied people and then think well i must be rubbish then and that's not true when you then compare yourself to other people who are in a similar situation to you you have this sudden realization you're doing well you're doing okay you're at the same basis of everybody else you know you're at the same goal or that the goal that you want to be at is so achievable this person's here this person's here and then just don't hate yourself for for being disabled or unable at this point in time don't don't put yourself down for it because it just doesn't help anything at all it doesn't benefit you in any way like just love yourself a little bit just a little bit just this a smidge even if that's what you can get like just 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 <laughs> don't be so and hard on yourself i think and somebody I, I was like going off in this rant whilst i was having a cigarette because i smoked that's another advice don't smoke <laughs> <laughs> And I just finished this rant about everything I thought was wrong with me and my life and how I'd failed at everything. And this person turned around and they literally looked at me and went, you're horrible to yourself. And I was like, that was a shock to me. I thought they were gonna like soothe me and stuff like that. But they're like, no, you're horrible to yourself. For goodness sake, stop it. And I was like, that, yeah, stop being horrible to yourself because I guarantee they probably are. It is. It's a lot of um, it's it's positive, good self talk um, to yourself, you know. And in in any way you want to do it, some people don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and talk to themselves. Some people don't want to, you know, do it in the shower or the car or anywhere. But sometimes just that tiny inner chatter, just to, to tell yourself that you love yourself or that you're okay or any any positive any positive thing, it. It, it Absolutely. helps. Find a friend that you don't mind bigging up that one little thing up to, like saying, oh, today I had a shower and put a hair mask on because, you know, that can be a lot of work for some people, <laughs> me especially. Um, find a person that you're, you know, find pleasantness in like a houseplant. Houseplants make me feel so good. When my houseplants are doing well, it's because I've made them do well. <laughs> that's my achievement um yeah but in the same breath when your houseplants houseplants don't do well analyze that you know what have you been busy with otherwise what have you been tackling instead of your houseplants and you know because i think we can put so much focus on things that we really want to achieve and when we don't we don't then say okay i haven't been doing that because I've actually been spending a lot of time focusing on my medical health because I've needed to call GPs, which takes 45 mm -hmm. minutes just to get through on the phone. Or attend <laughs> hospital appointments, which can take three hours out of your day if you've got to travel to the hospital, mm -hmm. park, have the appointment, get back to your car in a massive car park. You know, it takes up time and energy and space. And that's on the basis that, you know, it all goes smoothly. Consider what... Yeah you're doing even if it's not fun tasks don't make a list of like all the best things you've done today make a list of everything you've done that week right down to i brush my teeth in the morning and the evening like, that's a cool thing to do for some people um and then big yourself up yeah 
Hundred percent. I think it's also important to remember that it is okay not to be okay. Absolutely. Hence the therapy. Like, <laughs> don't be afraid of therapy, or don't get therapy. You know, you don't have to necessarily. You can just not be okay. Um. Yeah. I'd, I really like the sort of this mentality of where people are starting to be a bit more honest when people say, "How are you doing? Like, are you okay?" And people are going, mm-hmm. "No, not really." You know, my bathtub broke the other day and stuff like that and it's like it's okay to complain now like I like that (laughs) I like this thing (laughs) (laughs) it's getting okay to complain (laughs) that that, that's where we're going with this today it is okay to complain (laughs) complain it's a good feeling it's good to get it out I think yeah absolutely yeah and you're right, it is one of those things where, and I'm sure you've probably had it because I've had it many times when I've been in a situation where someone has come over to me and they've said, are you okay? Obviously, no, I'm not okay. And I've gone, and I've gone, yeah, I'm fine. And they've gone again. And it's, I think it's the second or third t- question. Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Are you sure? And then yeah. that's it. It's like you break. And I think sometimes... So maybe sometimes you do need to to, to say yes. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to talk and then about it. You don't want to talk about it and you can hold it together. There have been times when I have held it together and then run away and, you know, they've no. not had to know. But I think sometimes if you do break, that's totally okay. I'm fully of this opinion um, as well of when people say, are you okay? And you go, no, but I don't really want to talk about it. It's like my new, new boundary that I've set mm-hmm. where sometimes my husband will ask, don't lick that, please. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The way that I'm saying that wasn't a good sentence to put together. No, stop it. That wasn't. That was brilliant. And again, for anyone that can't see this, this is. I'm assuming it's the dog. I can't. You've been licking a spoon that I'd left out, so it's my dirty habit. But for goodness' sake, stop it. Um, What was I saying? Oh yeah, it's my new thing of like when my husband says like, "Are you okay?" And I'm clearly not, or maybe I just seem a bit off or something, but although no, but I don't really fancy talking about it. Sometimes you just don't want to have to drag yeah. it up. Or maybe you've discussed it already with yeah. like two other people and you're like, I just can't be bothered. It doesn't benefit me to bring up this negativity. And it's cool. It's okay to do that. It's like, trust the person to be like, um, okay in themselves enough to know when they want to talk and when they don't, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, I think the other thing thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's like my hardest thing that I probably still like struggle to do. Um, Like even small things like when you go to the airport, don't be afraid to ask for the wheelchair and have somebody wheel you around right to the boarding the plane you know it's actually really good and useful and helpful and you might get weird looks i got weird looks um coming back from my honeymoon um i got comments of people like that were grumpy about the fact that i was young and being pushed around in a wheelchair and they were having to walk the miles in in the airport and that's you know it comes with a parcel but don't be afraid of it like it's what you need and you know that you need it so like don't be afraid to ask for that support don't be afraid to ask for somebody to write your notes at university and don't be afraid to 
like find out what support there is for disabled people and ask for it ask for those concession prices at the climbing wall like you know go for whatever support you can get because you deserve that like it's there to benefit you yeah so that's it yeah no i agree and you know what i think it's one of those things the journey ahead is going to be up and down um even when you get to a better place or a good place it's still going to be up and down and i think just accepting that like you were saying you know that you're gonna have flare-ups again and it's you know i know that with especially with my knees yes i'm in a good place but i'm aware not to push it too much and to and because life happens and i think once you accept that yeah you it's not just going to be smooth sailing that's okay just kind of yeah. be ready in a yeah. way I think that's it was it was really bizarre because when I got COVID, that pushed my health back a lot. I took a little flare up, but I lost a lot yeah. of like strength in climbing and stuff like that. So when we went back to the climbing wall, I was expecting this. I was back to you know climbing V zeros at the bouldering wall. Um, my husband was also lost some strength and like wasn't doing as well climbing. He still at the moment isn't like at the point he was pre COVID. He gets so angry about it. And he's ranting at me, by the way, which is like, it feels a bit like, you know, can you go have this conversation with somebody who hasn't been through this stuff many times? Going, it's not fair that I lose everything. I work so hard <laughs> all of this time and it's just gone. And I have to do all of that work to get it back. And I'm like, God, I'll this to somebody else, please. But also, like, I found myself thinking, yeah, but, you know, because I'm used to that, that element of yeah. when, when you come to terms with the fact that, especially with a condition like mine, it's a guarantee that I will have a flare-up at some point again. Hopefully, you know, it won't be anywhere near in the future, but the nature of my condition is it flares. It's, it's yeah. for as long as it is active, it is, it is going to try its luck occasionally. Um, yeah. So I'm just aware that that's going to happen. And it's, it's kind of like a sigh thing of like, oh, okay, I have to do that again. But you just do. And when you, when you, like you say, when you accept yeah. that that is your reality and that is the way things are, you can find the joy around it, like going for a wild swim rather than a hike or, you know, doing some yeah. art indoors rather than outdoors or, you know, doing things that you enjoy around that. You can like you say, prepare, be ready for what you're going to do when that happens. Yeah. You find other avenues. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. I've also enjoyed having I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I'm so good at finding the quietest room. And I just thought it would be okay <laughs> because he just sits there. That's all he does. <laughs> you know what it does? It, it just shows that you can plan something and you can think it's all going to go to plan, but life happens. There we go. <laughs> this is the example. <laughs> life happens. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, Annie. I look forward to getting outdoors with you one day. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Remember, you too can find your little pocket of happiness. Alone people unite people. <laughs>